Welcome back to Real Word Confessionals, where we ask the questions that are never asked to tell the story seldom told. We have the number one real estate coach in Tom Ferry joining us today. Tom is one of the only two guests we have ever had on The Real Word, and we obviously started the confessional so we could bring in more guests and just amazing people like Tom. I mean, Tom, you're not just a coach. You're an investor in over 70 different companies. Mm-hmm. Is Slack the biggest one? Can I even say that? Or uh, yes, by market cap, it would definitely be the biggest one. Okay, so we can say that. And you're an investor. You, you, you bring people together all the time, masterminds. You're in masterminds of your own. Uh, you're a marketing genius, and we are just honored to have you on uh, on the confessionals. I appreciate it. So, uh, so hi, Nicole. Hi. Yes. Can I still you say? Got it right. Can we say happy birthday also? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, well, we we had the. It is. I guess it's a month, right? It's a month long celebration. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Happy birthday month. Thank you. Big four zero. What's it? So I know, like, it's your show, and I'm interviewing you now. What's it like turning forty? <laughs> How are you feeling about that? I actually feel good about it. So I I I went in thinking I'd be very disappointed because isn't everyone sort of disappointed on their birthday? But I made sure that my day was planned. Like it was booked. Yeah. I had things going on. I, I distracted my children. Like I, it was, it, I did. I did a day. You participated it, in the day. Oh yeah, I, it was I a came, good day. I came in there at the end and and celebrated with you. That was fun. I'm of the belief this might be a confessional for me because Uh-oh. this might come off weird. I'm of the belief that women start their prime in their 40s and I men start great. their prime in their 50s. Is that? Is that a bad thing to say or is that no. is that on the money? Where, where, do you, where do you guys sit on that? Well, I agree. I mean, I feel like even when I turned 30, it was like, OK, finally, maybe people will start taking me seriously. You know, so hopefully <laughs> yeah. now by 40, it's it's just like guns blazing for sure. I agree. What's, I, what's, yeah, I think the 40, 40. To, so I'm 50. I'll be 51. 40 to 50 was a bonkers decade for a lot of reasons. And I think it's going to be the same for you. But I'm I'm so much more excited about 50 to 60. And then a lot of my mentors would say. Like literally, oh, I can't wait till you're 80 because that's when you're finally going to know something. And when you yeah. hear that from people like Mike Vance and, you know, like all these extraordinary people I've been around, they would all say it's like it's in your 90s. Like that's when you really have like true life experience and maturation. I don't want to get there right away. I, I'm going to enjoy the journey, but there is something yeah. to that, Byron. So when you get to 60, Tom, you can just say, oh, no, my, my prime is starting at 60. You just keep pushing it back a decade. Well, obviously. Yeah. 100%. What else are you going to say? Yeah. I, I just dug a hole in the back? No. No. You're going to keep – are you going to keep working till forever or what's your – before we get into the confessionals, what's your, what's your time frame on working at, this, at the rate you're working today? How long do you picture yourself doing that? Well, this is a confessional. This is my last podcast. I'm retiring after this show. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tristan's like, whoa, hey, hold on. Um, so in my, in my 20-year vision, which I'm six years into, uh, you know, in, in 2035, I'm still very active, but it's a, it's a different type of active. I'm the kind of person that can't sit still for too long, so I couldn't imagine, uh, nor could my, my wife probably stand if I was just like that retired guy. Okay, honey, yeah. what do you want to do today? She'd be like, you need to get a job and go to work and get the hell out of right. the house. So, right. yeah, I think as long as I am uh, having an impact, I will continue to do what I do. Yeah, and your, your impact is felt throughout the industry more than anybody let's get into the confessionals tf he yeah. lights up when he talks about you oh my There's gosh like, i feel it he's radiating yeah. well because listen he i'm feeling yeah tom brings that out in people the, the, his ability to connect with so many people i mean really deep connections at scale i'll even say right. it, it's yeah. unprecedented nobody in the industry matches it uh but let's get into the confessionals because yeah. we want to get some real stories out of you out of you tom what is something right now 
that currently overwhelms you? Um, <clears throat> what are you waking having, up in the middle of the night sweating about? <clears throat> sweating. Nothing, nothing yeah. wakes me up like sweating. Uh, but I will tell you, being a parent and having a 19 and 20 year, 21 year old, one living with me and one living without me, like that actually brings me a little stress and anxiety. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the answer that anybody was looking for, but that like that's the most real thing for me. I've got a 19 year old son who's like my little baby who called me a couple days ago and he's like, I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. And you know, could you guys come home? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm sorry guys. Like I'm a dad, you know, I'm a husband and I'm a dad and then I'm a business person. So that right. kind of breaks my heart. Even just talking. I mean, I, you could see, like if you're watching the video, I'm like, actually I get probably noticeably uncomfortable just even thinking about it. So that is tough. The other thing that's interesting. I was talking with my buddy this morning in the gym. We were talking about, um, I'm, I'm a, segue to give you context uh i'm an executive producer for a documentary that's coming out called anxious nation and uh the sort of the the premise is how much anxiety is is prevalent amongst young people today specifically right so thinking about Were my you starting that before the pandemic or so or this... yeah we we started it i want to say the october before the pandemic and we should release it you know we'll it, there's, there's so much involved in the possibility of like, you know, do you release it at Sundance? Do you, and if you do, you can't release it anyplace else, right? Do you go to, you know, con, do you do something like that? Or do you just sell it to Netflix? So we haven't, we haven't gotten that far yet. Um, but what's interesting is the, looking at the numbers today, you've got like 40 million people living in the U.S. that suffer from some form of anxiety. And, and that's all, Nicole, pre-pandemic. So what do we think that number is going to be over the next, you know, like, I, I'm convinced there's going to be PTSD coming out of the pandemic there's going to be people in every walk of life everywhere in our country everywhere around the world that are petrified to go outside petrified to be in a crowd um i think that number could be 120 million so anyway back to my my point talking with my buddy this morning in the gym we're talking about like this this issue of anxiety and stress and tension and how that's impacting so many people as we're in the gym like hitting weights, right? And I'm thinking like, how many people aren't doing something like this? That actually scares me. Yeah. It scares me to think about the number of people that know what to do and don't do it. And, and you know, Byron, you're kind. You say like, hey, I've had a lot of impact and I got a lot of reach in the space. Um, when I hear that, like, I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, you do anything for several decades and you do it with the right heart and the right mindset. Like, Nicole, you hope you're going to do that. But I could also make the argument for the people that I haven't reached. The people that, you know, that look at me like I'm just, you know, some jerk and, you know, whatever, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's that, too. So that actually bugs me. That actually will not keep me up at night, but really make me think, like, all right, there's, call it 10 million agents in the world, uh, 1.5 million in the U.S. My database is only, like, 400,000, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really, and I've only, you know, I've got maybe a million followers between all my channels, and there's probably a ton of, you know, like, connections. So maybe it's, like, 500,000, right? But that means I'm not reaching a ton of people, and that that kind of pisses me off. You with me? Like, and I and yeah. I ask myself, like, what do I need to do differently? Do I just need to like not be on my own show? Do I need to just, you know, hey Nicole, will you just take over the Tom Ferry show and just do it for me, right? Because I'll listen to you <laughs> differently. Do you know what I mean? So right. like that that kind of stuff doesn't stress me, but it um, it definitely challenges me. Sure. Yeah, it keeps you going. I I like where you led with the question. Started with your boys, and you've done a fantastic job raising them. I would say off of my experience, and I, and I think it's 
in today, you know, in the environment that we're living through right now, not the pandemic, just yeah. in general, where we yeah. are as a society, this time frame, this decade is going to be your biggest challenge as a father. Kids that are right. from 20 to 30 that are trying to really figure it out yep. and establish themselves yep. in a new world, it's really challenging. And, you know, I shared it on Tom X, the challenges I had right. dur during especially those first five years, 20 to to 25 it's a really people don't think it's it's a hard time they've got a fantastic support system with you and kathy obviously to get through the next five or ten years i think it keeps getting like how, how we started the conversation when you're a kid everything's great and then right. you have that weird phase and then everything starts getting better you know 30 to 40 right. and then 40 to 50 is well, going to be hope, so much better you hope. Yeah, yeah right but if you're driven and, and right. you're doing the things like you just said tom starting your day with intention going to the gym Yep. You know, all, yeah, but all at this 20, do people even really have that, though? You no, know? It, it's, like, a, it's a weird, weird time. Yeah. And you're going to this will be your biggest challenge as a father, I, I believe. Yeah. I uh, thank you for adding more stress and anxiety. Yeah, more, more <laughs> pressure. No, you're, you're, you, know, you know, it's interesting. And um, I find a lot of solace in knowing that I have other friends of mine that I mentor their kids. They mentor, you know, my kids because, mm. you know, you, you're at I mean. Think about think about like my boys. They're like Gen three of last name Ferry, right? So like you know, it is not uncommon for us to be sitting at dinner with my dad, my older brother, my younger brother, my little sisters, right? And and my boys are just they can't get a freaking word in. Right. Do you know what I mean? And like you know, my dad is just the legend. He just puts the gauntlet down. No, bam, this is what we're doing. Here's how you know what I mean. Like, so I, I just tell them like, just just spend the next four or five years figure out who you are, what you're passionate about try everything like just try everything and uh and when i say it i think it still falls on deaf ears truth be told but like when my buddy claude says it or chad says it or kirk castle says it i mean like then they're like oh well you know what i'm just gonna try everything so yeah. that that actually makes me happy knowing that uh that they are surrounded by a bunch of uh interesting characters that care enough about them because of you know our relationships for a couple decades that i get to do it for their kids they get to do it for my kids and you know knock on wood it's all gonna work right. out well, I love that you're being realistic, though. Too. My father gave me until I was 30. He's like, Nicole, yeah. like, if you can figure your shit out by the time you're 30, like, I'm proud of you. Yeah. So, yeah. And it took a little bit of the weight off. I mean, I started spitting out kids, and I got married. and But I did get into real estate when I was 29. And again, it's like, I think it, it allowed me a little, like, oh, it's okay that I'm not doing what I graduated college right. with, you know, right. but I know that I needed that college experience in order to know that I could actually accomplish something, you know, if I put my mind to it. So yeah. again, as long as they're willing to sort of reflect on what they're doing, I think, I think being realistic with the time is probably yeah. the most important part too yeah. for them. Yeah. They're super, are you, are you really competitive? I would imagine you are, but like, are you really, really competitive? Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more competitive with myself to the point where yeah. it's almost like, yes. like, like you have, um, what is that? Like an OCD, you know, uh -huh. like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a little competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Both my boys, uh, suffer from the same addiction I have, which is like the, you know, the desire to do more and be more, you know what I mean? And I keep telling them like, slow down, yeah. slow down. Like you're, you're like, especially with my younger son, I'm like, dude, you're 19. Right. Breathe. I remember he yeah. was playing tennis like five, six hours a day five, six days a week. And, and maybe the, the blessing, the silver lining of the pandemic was him saying to himself, okay, like, you know what? Tennis is a bust. I'm going to take some time off. And, and like watching him like go out and create relationships and hang out with friends that he really didn't get to do for a long time in his life has been, has been pretty meaningful.
Yeah. And a, and a massive failure in, in your 20s means nothing in the grand scheme of things. So for sure, for if sure, they fail a little bit. It, it'll be a good thing. All right, Tom, you're getting it. You're going deep. That was a really good first confessional. Let's let's move on. Well, to what I love, one. though, too, because I feel like my what overwhelms me is actually like how I'm then able to succeed, which it sounds like is is you're using your fault to a benefit yeah. too, 100 percent to reach more people. I think 100 percent. Yeah. All right. Next confessional. You can go either way, Tom. You can go business or personal. What are you thinking about? So not what overwhelms you. What are you thinking about constantly, most often? What is at the top of your mind right now? That's hysterical. I, you know, it, I literally what was going through my mind was no. What was going through my mind is nothing. Well, you um, think about so many things. You're involved in so yeah. many. Things. I don't even know how, how you maintain the schedule. But what keeps coming up to the top of your mind over and over and over again? It, it's probably the insatiable appetite to keep learning, to you know, keep digging in, to keep finding, you know, you know what is going to be next, what is new, what's a brilliant basic, and then reinforcing that, and then I, I think that's, I mean, that's probably it. Like I, I am just so fascinated by people. I'm just so like I, I was um, in the gym this morning, or yesterday morning, and uh, someone that lives in my building walked by, and I'd had dinner with him before he and his wife, and been inside his apartment. And he was worth several billion dollars. And, but to, to hear his backstory, like I literally said to him, I'm like, dude, I want you on my podcast. And he's like, I don't really do those kind of things. I'm like, I know, but I just want it for me. I just want to like have three hours to say, okay, you're 12 years old, you start selling coins. And today you have one of the biggest auction companies on the planet. Like, and, and he, you know, he's probably 70 and he's in killer shape, right? Great relationship. Like he's got the whole package. How the did he do that? Like, that's what mm -hmm. I want to know. So that kind of stuff is probably what's on my mind the most. And I think that's why I'm so obsessed with trying to meet as many people on the planet as I can, right? To, to figure out like, what makes Nicole tick? How did she do what she did? Like, what was it? Like, was it her dad putting her and saying in that situation, saying you got till 30 to figure out, they gave her the freedom to go do all the things that she did. But then what happened at 30? Did she freak out and say, oh my God, now like, do I have it all together? Did I do what I was supposed to do based on my parents' rules? Like, like I'm just fascinated by all of that shit. If that may, can I curse on this show? I, I apologize. Sure, go for it. it. Go Not, for you it. You know what I mean? For the listeners out there, like just, like that's interesting to me. So that's probably the thing I obsess, like whether it's like reading, uh, you know, autobiographies or just meeting interesting people. I am obsessed with like the connections and the correlations of what's happening on the world around the world, even as it relates to just housing, right? How is, mm -hmm. how has the pandemic affected housing? Think about just that question. Right. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell Bill, by the way, that you curse more than I do that. That'll maybe get me a little, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Bill, you know, that Bill know. sent me a text yeah, the over one of your reels, <laughs> which was, it was great. I don't, I rarely you didn't curse, even say the word of the song. Did. Bill Ravis, greatest broker of all time. Shout out to, to Bill. Really, <laughs> Bill quick. is Bill is a lead. So that's another example, like hanging out with Bill and his wife and the boys. And like, it's so funny you call them the boys. Cause they're like my age, but like, yeah. you know, like hanging out with him and saying like, how did you do this? Like what, what caused you? to build a telemarketing center 30 years ago as Way a real estate yeah. broker. Like, Let, let's, use, let's use him as the example real quick yeah. and, what you, and with what you're talking about. You as the example, somebody like, like Bill Ravis as the example. Bill's you know, later, later in life than you are, but still grinding every right. single day. You're talking about this thirst for knowledge, always educating yourself. Why do some people take the road that, that Bill took where he's, he's gonna work 
all the way till the end. He's yeah. going to keep, you know, gi you know, giving back into his business and his boys and his family. You're doing you're on the same type of path where you're going to continue to work all the way through the end, continue to learn, right. impact people. Why do some people build something successful and stop and then others just go all the way with it, not through the finish line, but create a new finish line? I got so many thoughts going through my head. I think I think part of it is look at like um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Right. Mm -hmm. So so when Shaquille got traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, right, the great, you know, Jerry Buss, right, the you know, the, the GM, like that whole team. And then like, oh, by the way, we've got this like rock star kid. Kobe Bryant is going to be amazing. The only thing that Shaq thought about was I just want to win the chip. Right. So so when he got his championship, what did he do? He partied the entire summer. He blew off getting a surgery like he he like in, from Kobe's perspective, Kobe was furious. Right. Like, you know, I've like worked out with Kobe for a couple of years in the gym. God bless him. And just an extraordinary human being. Contrast um, Shaq, who, by the way, is one of the greatest all time basketball players ever on the planet. Right. Of course. But his goal was win the chip. Kobe's goal was be the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. I look at a lot of people when they start their business and they say, God, if I can just get to a million dollars in revenue where Bill Ravis was like, I'm going to build a legacy company that completely transforms my entire family, my kids, my grandkids, their kids, their kids. Like he's thinking Rockefeller, he's thinking Kennedy's and you know, Shaq, you know, and by the way, Shaq is like wildly successful and totally bonkers. And I'm actually trying to get him on my podcast. We totally screwed. We whiffed that opportunity and I get, I'm looking at Tristan, like we have to make that happen. Um, <laughs> but like, but I think that's a good example. Like, so think about it in the real estate world. So many people aspire to a number and then they get to the number and they're like, oh, that's all there was. OK, well, I got yeah. there. I got the plaque. I got the trophy. I I, you know, made it to the top 10. I made it to the top 1000, whatever it is, where the people like Bill, I think the people like all of us, like we see something greater. And there, by the way, there's no right or wrong. Like both are wildly successful. Right. One just recognizes that they're playing a much longer game. And that's why those people dominate. And I think of like in our industry, people like Dave Linegar, who I've known forever, right? Who, you know, built up that company. I think about my buddy, Michael Pulser, who's coming to town. We're gonna race cars this weekend. Um, his family, they own a third of the globe as the master franchise for Remax, right? So way back in the day, they had the foresight to say, let's buy all of Ontario, Mid-Atlantic, let's buy all the New Englands, let's buy a bunch of other states in the US, and then let's go buy all of Europe, including like somehow uh, Israel, I think the guys at LLC maybe didn't have a map. I'm not sure. Sorry, my mm. friends at LLC, but just saying, right? But they knew that that was going to be a 25 to 30 year journey when they did that. Their commitment was we're going to we're going to completely transform how homes are sold throughout Europe. So so just like for context, my buddy Michael, when he took over Europe, there was like 8,000 agents. There's 31,000 agents now in Remax throughout Europe. Like that's bonkers. Like they have completely changed how sales are done. And he says, look, I'm just getting started because he's like 55 and his son Max, right, is like 22 and already learning the family business to take it to a whole new level. Like I think that's the difference. Does it? Well, go ahead. Well, just because I, I just it ties into the, the Kobe Shacks. I just saw a clip where Shaquille O'Neal, you know, obviously an old clip uh, was interviewing Kobe. And he asked Kobe wh where he got his drive from, his killer instinct. Yeah. And Kobe went back to his youth. He went yep. back to the time he spent in Italy. And he said, he said, you know, when people were excluding me 
I didn't speak the language. I felt yep. like an outsider because I had just moved there. And, and the kids, you know, his peers on the basketball court were just naturally excluding him. His time to, like, get back at them, so to speak, was to just dominate them on the basketball right. court. And, th- and his drive started back in those early days. Yes. If you dig into Bill Ravis's, you know, which I'm sure you have, Tom, and, you know, he's, he's got his, his story in a book right now. You dig into his past. It started when he was a kid growing up in, in on the Bridgeport line, Bridgeport Fairfield line in, yep. in Connecticut. Was it the same for you? Did, did this drive start from your youth somewhere, you know, growing up? Uh, the, my earliest memory of that would be uh, when my I remember sitting in sort of Chaucer Lane, Huntington Beach, California. My brother was sitting in the corner. My mom was on the phone. I was sitting on the bed and she hung up and said, your dad's left us. Right. Like that was like the moment they finally decided to, to separate. And but the way she said it had such an impact on me. Like your dad left us like what to a six year old. Like, what does that mean? And I remember watching my older brother kind of, you know, have his emotional reaction. And I actually got like really it's the first time I actually I, I like I've I've hired a therapist many times to like work on these kinds of things. I got super cold and very numb. And said to my mom, like, okay, well, what do, you, what do you need me to do? How can I help? And, like, I, I kind of knew then I would be in a position of leadership because in moments of stress and tension, I get extremely focused and, like, this cold is the only word I can use to describe it and I probably need a better way because it's not, like, cold-hearted in any way, shape, or form. I was there to serve my mom and to take care of my little brother and, and my little sister and my older brother. Um, but it was, just, it was just this ice in my veins, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure everybody's okay. And I can look over the course of my career of 31 years. I, when I was working at a freaking grocery store, working midnight tonight, I had the same kind of ice in my vein mentality to my crew's going to get their stuff done faster. We're going to get raises and promotions faster than anybody else. Like that's just, I actually go back to like that moment when I was six. I think that was the first time I recognized it. I didn't have a, like a, a bad childhood. My parents were separated. My dad was super cool he took us to a kiss concert when i was like nine years old 1979 at the forum the last year it was the last time kiss performed the four of them together and i actually sat next to gene simmons flying to toronto one day and i'm like dude i was at the show at the (laughs) forum i'm like sorry man i had paul stanley makeup on like we actually (laughs) laughed about it for a couple hours it was super rad like so it wasn't it wasn't like a bad childhood but that moment I think was sort of a defining moment in my life. And then, you know, over time you can look back and say other moments, 9-11, uh, you know, the decision to leave my family business and start my own business, all these things, Nicole, like I think helped further. March, like, March 2020. Well, I, I, dude, March 2020 for sure. Yeah, I think, but I, I, again, you were talking about before about loving to m- meet people and, and understand yeah. them. I think I think that probably is 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 what defines people from going from one path to the other. Because again, you're talking about yeah. Shaq like wanting that one thing. Yep. Where I think that you, Byron, myself, like obviously Kobe, I'm sure Shaq too. I mean, I don't know him personally, but like, yeah. Yeah. there's so much in your day that you're doing and enjoying and wanting to get better right. at, not right. necessarily in 15 years. So, yeah. you know, you obviously have a 20 year goal, but that 20 year goal could you could blow it out of the water if you're really concentrating a little bit more on how your how can your day go better and how can I enjoy yeah. it and how can I, you know, suck as much out of my day as possible. So yep. I think that, again, I think that that probably has a little bit to do with it too. You know, I mean, obviously 
you had pivotal moments in your life, but yeah. now you're thinking about how can I make today better for my mom? And then right. obviously that then, you know, multiplies into the next day of how can I make it better today than yesterday? Right. So yeah. Right. And Compound yeah. effect for yeah. sure. Have to. For yeah. sure. The book, The Slight Edge. And anybody out there, if you've not read the book, The Slight Edge, you should download the unabridged version and listen to Jeff Olson describe it. Because uh, Nicole, it's exactly what you're talking about. Like that just day over day. Um, you know what's interesting though? I'm actually like, I'm enjoying, like yesterday I took basic, wait, today's one. No, so Monday I took the day off and I just gave myself permission to just like screw around. Hmm. Like I, you know, took my son, we went to breakfast. I don't even like breakfast, but I love time with my son, right? So we like, we go to breakfast and then I'm like, hey man, you wanna go check out the new office building? Let's go to this place, they sell some motorcycles. We just like screwed around and did nothing. And in, in the back of my mind, like, yes, there's like guilt, like, oh my God, it's Monday. And you know, yeah. like, right. there's, there's a million calls I could be making, but I gave myself permission just to kind of screw around. And uh, it was pretty liberating. Yeah. It was pretty liberating. I mean, yeah. like we all go on vacations and that kind of stuff, but my brain has a tendency to go, um, like it's kind of always going. You with me? So right. like to, to, I think back to like the, you know, the great Stuart Wilde who was like, you know, like you've got to figure out a hack to get your brain to slow down because sometimes if you don't get to that slow down space, you don't really see the joy and the beauty and the Absolutely. ecstasy of life because you're just racing through it all the time. Right. So like literally just walking through the park, which is right in front of my apartment, like just walking through and just noticing the freaking trees and just, you know, watching the wind. And you know what I mean? Like just having right. these like quiet little moments. It was pretty rad. It's amazing that you brought that up. It's a perfect segue into the third confessional. I don't think people looking at Tom Ferry, whether they're following you on Instagram or, or you know, the Tom Ferry show on YouTube or, or if they've been to an event or if they're a coaching client, I don't think many people realize the other side of TF, that you do take a day here and there to just say, you know what, I'm going to give my permit, myself right. permission yeah. to just chill. And, and that is re that's relatable to a lot of people. And so I don't think a lot of people even realize that you have faults because it, you know, it looks like you're this amazing superhero right. in the real estate industry. So obviously everybody has faults, pick a fault. And, and how has that fault hindered you from having even more success? Uh, God, I wish my wife was here because she'd she be would like, name okay. them all. She just, she would just <laughs> move me out of the way and say, well, I have a list. <laughs> the, the running joke of our 27, almost 28 years of marriage uh, is she's like, I can't wait to write my book. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm like, baby, just, just write it. Let's publish it. Um, faults. I, look, I have just as many as everybody else. I would say the one that has hindered me the most Oh, confessions, confessions. I feel like, <laughs> right? <laughs> the people that are watching the video, you know, it's like going old school Catholic. I would say it is knowing that it was time to move someone on and waiting too long to do it, right? Yeah. Like as, a, as an executive, right? I was just actually just in this conversation with a buddy of mine. We were talking about the evolution of uh, being an executive and it, it would be best described as intentional non-doing. Like when you feel like your day isn't packed and you don't have as much impact, you probably become a great executive. You with me? So, so I know, like I can, I can see in my own business and in my own businesses and other companies I've invested in where it was just so obvious, like, okay, 
you know, such and such has gone as far as they're going to go. They've been with me for, you know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Like, it's hard to say to that person, okay, like, hey, it's been a great run, but I think it's time for you to do something else. Do you know what I mean? Like we talked about in the mastermind, like there's just, we did. there is so much ease uh, to go towards what's comfortable yep. versus what you know in your gut is right. And I think that's hard. Like I, you know, you know, Brian, you know, like I'm, I care a lot for people and I see in them what in many cases they can't. The hard part is when I've had someone like that in my life and they work with me and I see like their passion starting to dwindle and we try all the things to light them back up again and they can't get relit. Like the hard part is just like pulling them aside and saying, all right, man, it's time. So like mm -hmm. I know in my, in my career, there was moments when I should have terminated somebody. I should have, uh, you know, had a deeper, more honest conversation about, look, we've gone as far as we can go together. It's been great. Like it's time. So that part's hard for me. Cause I do like, how do I say it? Like, I don't want to say I hang on to relationships, but I hang on to people. Like, you know, like I, I, you know, it's going to sound stupid or campy for some of you, but like, like I, I want so badly for the people that I love and respect my closest inner circle to do well, right. that sometimes I probably hold them back. You know what I mean? Like the best thing I could do is like fire somebody and say, now go, go be great. Go have a Lee Iacocca moment. You know what I mean? Did you like get into a situation where you start changing roles, starting to like create roles for for certain for sure. individuals to like just keep them because you you want to keep them around. You like the person. Oh, no, it's worse. How about just like just isolate them and keep paying them? Yeah, no, that was it. That was a fucking confession right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse absolutely. my friend. Sorry. But like, you know, we're, we're you know, we're amongst friends. But like that. It, listen, for the person that's listening right now, like I have you know, 170 business coaches in like six or seven countries. Uh, I've got 165 FTEs in California. I've got four in Seattle. I've got another 30, I think in Texas. And, and when you, when you start growing an organization like this, so much of it is around trust, right? right? Trusting that it's not just, you know, like I have to set the standard inside the organization like it's like this better rule like at google where they're like is that is that the best person we have in the role yes or no like that's a hard conversation is this the best person in my organization or is it time for them to move on like are we better off without that person and then searching for you know three to six months to bring in that next best person is that a better move than keeping that person there those are tough decisions so imagine imagine if you're just a an agent with like two buyers agents and an assistant and one of them 25 percent of your org is basically <laughs> an energy sucking vampire you're right. screwed or if you're married to that or oh, or, or, yes. or you have a friend that you feel like you've been a friend with forever and you're just you know i think that can really in in many other situations besides obviously just business too right um you know right. are you you know how is it hindering how is it hindering your whole life Right. Yeah. It, uh, across, across the board. Like the, it's interesting. Like, um, I go back to one of my coaches, Teresa Jabor would always say to me, like, you know, you got to take a hundred percent responsibility for everything, even though like the world's kind of like in this, especially like in marriages, 50, 50, which by the way, like 50% of all marriages fail 60% in California and like 78% in my town in Newport beach. Think, think about that. Like you, you're walking down the aisle and you're like, we should just lease this deal. Like this is, you know what I mean? Like, well, you, a, we both need to sign prenups cause this ain't working out. Right. That, that's your um, old town. So that's one way my to old town. My new, I don't even know the number. Tristan, will you Google the, the divorce rate in Dallas? It's gotta be better I'm than super Newport curious. Beach. 
I hope so. And no, hey, listen, no knock. Like, I have a bunch of my closest friends in Newport. We've all been married for 20 plus years. Like, we're like, I, I think we're going to start getting trophies and like trophies. recognition from like, you know, the city council. <laughs> like, uh, keep up the good work. I don't know. It sounds like maybe the wives <laughs> need the trophies. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 60%, by the way. Oh, in Dallas? No. 6% divorce rate in Dallas? No way. Not six. That that can't be. No true. way. That can't be. Like fifty percent is the national average. How many people are actually I mean, married then in Dallas? If it's Maybe only, no yeah, yeah that would be my next question. No one got married in Dallas. <laughs> if it's six percent, everybody is now going to relocate to Dallas. Maybe if, right. If, they're, if their right. marriage is in question. All right. So let, let's go business side here. Business confessional. A business trend, Tom, that you said would go one way. You were emphatic that it would go a certain way, and it went the complete opposite direction. Could be a prediction or a business trend. Um, it's interesting because I was reflecting on this a couple of days ago. So the uh, 2015, when I came out at the summit and said, teams are going to rule the world. I think we were right on with that one. Yes, uh, teams are going to sell at a rapid pace. So I would say teams haven't sold at a rapid pace at the level that I thought they would. But then if you look at the acquisition other strategy where you didn't get an LLC, but you were paid or given stock by Compass or any one of these other companies, right? There's no doubt. Like all those teams did get acquired. They just didn't actually give up their asset. They didn't give up Nicole, yep. their LLC, but they were paid to move. Right. So, so it was a, I was, were, I was were half right. They, they, I was off, but I felt close. They sold for, yeah. you know, years at a time, three, four yeah. years at a time. So they sold three yep. or four years of their business instead of, instead of selling the yeah. whole thing. And then, yeah. yeah, to your point, you know, you, you could argue that, you know, well, I, I guess this would be different. People that are and you keep seeing it. There was just another big team this week that went to, to EXP. They're they're almost forfeiting their business model to just completely right. merge in. So that was that wasn't really happening in 2015 and to the scale that it is now. For sure, I think the one that I really missed when I reflect back on those uh, those six trends was I was sure as all get up that the hedge funds and the institutional buyers that were buying hundreds of thousands of SFRs in like eight, nine, 10, 11, that mm -hmm. they would have then flipped their money. And instead they were like, we bought so low, the appreciation's so high, the rents are so great, screw it. I really was, I was forecasting like 17, 18, that these, that these companies would just go, here's, here's 100,000 SFRs, just put them on the market and sell it. And none of that happened. And with, with, with us sitting at such low inventory, why aren't they doing it now? You know what? I, here's how I look at it. Reoccurring revenue businesses trade at high multiples. Yeah. So if I have 100,000 assets and, and my debt to, debt to equity ratio is bonkers, which they're all off the charts, in many cases they bought those things all cash and maybe they levered some of it, the rents are so great. It, it, that's, like, that's like a nice, safe, easy 10% return for like – the next 500 years. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. so I, I get it. You I can wish get, they didn't. I wish they would have sold them. You can get rich selling real estate, but you can get wealthy keeping it. Yeah, I right. would argue you can, you can make money selling real estate. You get make wealthy money. owning real estate. Owning it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, so Tom, maybe this is probably, well, he is a wizard. Right. So I mean, <laughs> this is the most true for Tom of any guest and probably in the past and well into the future. Tom Ferry, you are the wizard of real estate. That sounded awesome. I want you to clip that out, Bobby. Yeah. Tom Ferry, you are <laughs> the wizard of real estate. 
one thing you would change in the industry right now today? I actually just watched the original Harry Potter with my ninety-three-year-old yeah, mother-in-law like the other day. Yeah, I was going to say, like we need a wand, we need a hat. I no. was like going full Dumbledore if I was like, yes. wow. Uh, so what was the question though? Like what, yeah. what would I change? <laughs> so you've got the wand. What's one thing in the industry you would change immediately? Hmm. The other half of a million agents would be following you? Well. Yeah, that would be, yeah, <laughs> they, but, yeah, but that, that that's would be an, That's an impact to Tom, yeah. to, an yeah. impact to the, to the industry that would better the industry. You know, there's, you know, a lot of different things. People argue back and forth that are right or wrong with the residential real estate industry. What's one that you would change if you've got one wish, one, you know, swoop of the wand? It's such okay. So I'm actually taking this very seriously. There's a lot of things that are going through my head. One immediate thought, and I don't know if this would be my one thing. Like one thing, God, only one. Got to play like the domino game. You got to figure out what are all the things I want to have sure. happen. But what's that first domino that has everything else go down? It's a great way to look at it, because there there are, you know, collateral impacts when you change right. one thing, something else. Absolutely. Correct. Correct. It's, it's the unintended consequences that, you know, as a chess player in business, like that's always what I'm thinking about. Okay. We make this move, but in 18 months, how is this going to screw us over? Right. You know what I mean? Cause most people like you just, we just, Oh, that's a good idea. Let's go after it. Like I'm always unintended consequences. What are the unintended consequences? Okay. So I think I'm, I'm going to take a safe, I'll just do a safe one. Cause I actually really want to explore this and play around with it myself. Uh, I think the safest one is I would, uh, I would argue for tougher licensing requirements on a national level because it's mm -hmm. state by state, and, and you know some states it's like four hours, and some states it's like you know 140 hours, and I'm, I'm making it the four, but like it's yeah. less and more. Um, and I would also say, with that, there would also have to be a standard in place. I don't know if I would go full employee model. Um, though there's some there's some merit around that, uh, I think that that could further institutionalize the industry, but also squash a lot of the extraordinary entrepreneurs. So I would kill that one. Um, instead, I would say there's got to be a standard in place. Like, you know, if you can't do, you know, 18 transactions a year, you can't play. Yeah. Right. Something like that. And and by the oh, way, for the person huh? listening, and so Nicole just and we've. We talk about standards all the time, right? Nicole just gave a sigh, like, "Well, what?" And I know where she's going to go. No, I wasn't. I was if, saying, "Boom!" Like, but, but but the the argument is, okay, what if you get to seventeen and you had a really tough year? Oh no, I and, wasn't giving any excuse. I think but, it's I I think it's smart. I mean, we were I mean, we were talking even about Florida. Like, you were, you know, you have to you after you get your license, you have to do another what sixty you hours. You got to do another a sixty yeah, hour, well sixty I mean, for right. broker, forty five post but in licensing. They I mean, require it's, more. It's than, just than I mean, I only yeah. needed thirty. I mean, they upped it now to sixty, but yeah. And you can just even just continuing. I no, I wasn't giving any excuses. Okay. I think I, I think that it's I think that it's. But you know the excuses are going to flow. Say the number's eighteen. Let's just pick it up. I'm glad that you went now. with units though, and not dollar value. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's right. definitely much units. more right. difficult. Yeah, because dollar. Do okay, yeah, exactly. So just for the for clarification for the people listening, like I'm not dogging somebody that is part time. You could be part time and sell eighteen homes a year. I'm only thinking about the consumer. Right. Correct. Right. Right. One that sells a house a year provides a different experience from the two of you and this incredible business that you built, right? So I think the consumer always and forever deserves, and, and now we're seeing more so demands, a better quality experience in something that they only do once a decade. 
So I think about like my uh, my buddy who like he's a brain mechanic, aka a brain surgeon, right? So he does like 15 brain surgeries a week. Nicole, mm -hmm. think about like 15 brain. You know what that's like? That's like Tim Smith going on 15 listing appointments a week, right? Right. Yeah. So so if you had to have a surgery, if you had if it was a non-elective surgery and it was on your child, who do you want to do it? Right. The person that does it once a year? No. Or the person that does it 15 times a week? Right. Right. And, and I argue on behalf of the consumer that, you know, yes, there are some amazing agents that sell five houses a year because when they finally get one, like they go all in and they do everything themselves and they do whatever it takes. And I'm not saying that those people aren't wonderful. I'm just saying that they should sell more. I was listening to uh, Stephen A. the other day. We're talking about uh, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big uh, Lakers fan. And talking about like, oh, well, this guy, the Denver Nuggets, oh, he's, you know, shooting, or no, it was the, the Clippers. He's shooting at 50% of the line, right, from, from free throws, or no, excuse me, from three-pointers. And, and Stephen A's argument was, well, then the guy should shoot more. Mm. Why is he only getting like six shots a game? Right. Like if he's at 50%, you should be doing, you should be shooting 20 times in a game. Do you more with me? Of what's and that's, that's my argument for the person that's selling five homes a year who does it really well. Like you're doing a disservice to like 13 more people. Like you're really good at what you do, scale up. Like, so that would be, I think it'd be licensing slash standards. And I think that would, there'd be some un unintended consequences. There'd be some, some businesses that, that probably crumble because they're, they're, they're predicated on new agents that sell a house now and then right. because their mortgage and title and escrow and all that stuff is really the, the sort of Bread mechanism that they yeah. make profitability. Um, but I would argue like that, that's not a consumer benefit. And, and it, that would have a ripple effect because now NAR can't have, a, you know, they just can't take bodies on, right? They can't just body pack the association, yeah. which yeah. is essentially what they do because you've just created a standard, which yeah. would essentially eliminate dead weight. So I, I love your answer there. You mentioned Tim Smith and I've, before we, Nicole's got some like mm -hmm. quick, um, rocket round questions. We're just going to, you know, fire a whole like bunch a of this or that. Type. Yeah. This yep. or that just, quick questions. You got to answer them yeah. super quick. Before we get that, you mentioned Tim Smith. We covered Tim Smith. Oh, now. he was our marketeer. We covered him this past week on, yep. on the Real World Podcast. Go check that out. Uh, but we've covered him in the past. And and he was the marketeer when he put out that real. I just want to get your opinion on it. Yeah. And I know that you and Tim are, are, are great friends, and you're not going to speak out of turn here. But it was it was a, it was in on Inman Coast to Coast. Like yep. everybody had a comment about that video he put out during the pandemic, where it was very controversial that the listing video. Uh, do you know the one I'm talking about where the, uh, which, the, which one they're, they're all controversial. Right. So, yeah. so he had, he had, he, the, had uh, given a, he had given, so the problem here was, is that what had gone viral was this man's vision, man's vision of the of, pandemic, of the, no, no, of the, of, of what the home, right. Of what the home would be if he right. was sort of the man of the house. He was daydreaming his right. vision of quarantine. His, his wife had a, a twin and whoops. Everybody was commenting on this because yeah. Brad Inman posted it and he started this whole thing, this whole conversation. Yeah. There and was a woman. I know the video. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of women yeah. commenting and I asked my daughter and she was appalled and, and Well, all but again, kind of but they hadn't seen the woman they version They had not first. seen the first. He came out with the female version before that right. and it wasn't right. as risque as no, the male wasn't risque version at all. for sure. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on really pushing the line like like Tim Smith does in his listing videos. He does a great job. We love him. But your thoughts? How many on how many comments and how many people were talking about it? Oh, it, that, I think that was his most uh, viewed sure. video, uh, listing yeah. video. Yeah. And definitely here's, most comments. Yeah. Here's my response. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. The great uh, the great Johnny Carson once said, "All press is good press." 
Mm-hmm. And if nobody's talking about you, then no one is talking about you. You, um, the flip side, you ahead. know, his market. Did it hurt him at all with some really like you know people that are, that that just didn't like the video? In I, I imagine it didn't, but you know that market better than, than we do. Newport Beach, did it hurt him at all? No, no. Okay, so here, so you, okay, for the people that are listening, so Tim has been a personal client of mine for going on thirteen years, and I can remember I was standing on my back porch, Byron. You've been there, yep. like looking over the bay, and I'm on the phone with them, and I'm like, look. If you don't start doing videos, someone else in this market is going to start doing videos and they are going to be the king of this town in a decade. I can remember that conversation as clear as this, that's banana sign in front of me. Like, <laughs> and I remember him saying, but I just, you know, like, and he was like, like probably everybody else that is like knew that they should do it, but struggled with it. He finally starts. And, and I think it was the, I think it was the video from the brokers in Sydney, Australia with the helicopters and the girl tied up in the lingerie. Do you guys remember that legendary video? I, I remember I sending that him that one and saying, this is probably the standard. And he, you know, like I, Tim is married. He's got a daughter. He's got a son. You know, they're like seven and five, right? Like he is a, for the people that don't know him, like whatever judgment you have, you're dead wrong. Mm-hmm. That guy is the salt of the earth. He is such a good human being. It's almost scary. And he understands if nobody's talking about you, then nobody's talking about you. Tim Smith walks, he, Tim has probably been, I'll get the exact number because I'm talking to him in about an hour. He has probably been on, I'm gonna say mid 70s listing appointments year to date. And today is April 6th, right? Or 7th or whatever it is. And think those things about it. He'll go on 300 high end luxury, I trust you calls. People say to him, What is the film you're going to shoot for my house? Right. When he listed, my home is for sale with him right now. He literally, he's like, he said, I'm going to shoot the craziest video in your, that was his listing presentation. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk about the video I'm going to shoot. My wife's like, can you talk about price yet? Oh, we'll get to price later. (laughs) Let's talk about the video. So I don't know if I'm, I'm answering this question properly. The answer is he's done exactly what he's supposed to do. 81% of consumers are making their decision based on the product or service that they're acquiring today, based on the videos that they're watching. People that love Tim's videos, call him and say, come list my house. And right. based on the data, there's way more people doing that than there are people that are not calling or negative commenting or shaming or whatever else. Who cares? The Duffy video got more love controversy, yeah. right? And, th- and that represented only two $45 million buyers that basically saw the video and said, oh my God, I got to have this house. Like, think about well, that's that. all that matters, right? At the end of the day is, right. selling, is selling the house. Yeah. He's, so, right. he's, he's selling homes. Yeah. And by the way, Nicole, in town, uh, I, think, I can't think of the restaurant. I've been there so many times. I'm going to be bothered by this. But they actually have a drink called Teach Me Out of Duffy. Oh, really? Like, that, that video, the, the owners of that house, a week after that video was released, the wife was there, and a bunch of drunk people in Duffy boats came oh, no. up to the house and started <laughs> screaming the song to the house. Like, when was the last time that happened for the person that's listening on your listing video? Right. There you right. go. Think yeah, about it. That's yeah. awesome. Like, that's the job of marketing is to be noticed and to find your tribe. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he has found his tribe, and his tribe is enormous, and they're billionaires, and they're high-end, and he's... I don't know what he did, $703 million in sales last year. So it's working. I love yeah. it. Thanks for uh, sharing. I don't, I don't think Tim would mind uh, because, because he certainly put him in a good yeah. light there. So 
All right, you ready? Yeah, this or that? Yes. Super yes quick. No. Ready? However you answer them. Phone call or text? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook or Instagram? Uh, Facebook for ads, Insta for uh, connections and sliding into people's DMs. You're great at that, by the way. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Um, iOS or Android? Uh, Apple, all the way. Yeah. Work hard or play hard? Yes. Nice car or nice home? Both. Passenger or driver? Always driving. Uh, money or actually free not always. I had a I had when I go to the airport, someone drives me. Drives you, yeah. Yes. Okay. So big shout out to well, Jose. Well, that's often Thank you, I probably love you. too, but right? You, you prefer to be the driver, it sounds like. I yeah, like you know, I I, I enjoy driving, so like yeah, yeah driving. Yeah. Uh, money or free time? Yes. <laughs> All right, your toilet paper over or under? Don't answer toilet it wrong. Paper, toilet paper over or under? Yes. He's never paid attention. What? How do you not? Uh, what do you, uh, is this like pandemic over. stuff? Like, are we going over into under. a shortage again? No. <laughs> no. Like, is your role, are you pulling oh. it from over or are you pulling it from under? Oh, I don't know. Like, whatever way it is. <laughs> yeah. Iced coffee yes. or hot coffee? Uh, warm. Really? Yeah. All right. TV or book? Uh, both. Jeepers Creeper. I feel like we're all, all right. We're done. All That's of them. I know because like, think, okay, but in fairness, like I can't read the Laker game. Right. You with me? So okay. like, you know, like I don't watch a lot of TV. Right. Um, but when I do, it's, it's probably going to be a live sporting event. Okay. So working alone yeah. or working on a team? One million percent team. Yeah. Yeah. Morning or evening? Yes. Okay. Chocolate or vanilla? Mm, probably more chocolate. Family or friends? Yes. Netflix or Hulu? Uh, Netflix. And then Byron and I do a lobster roll review. Do you ever have lobster rolls? Do you prefer it with mayonnaise or with butter? I have only had a lobster. In I take that back. Nantucket. I had a couple lobster rolls. I don't remember. I think it was butter, and it was disgusting. Uh oh. Wow. Wow is right. Yeah. Yeah. You had you had one at uh, which we reviewed Ford's in No Ink. I think Josh Rubin yeah. sent you over there. Yes, that's right. Where, okay, where was that? Is that, that in Connecticut? That is Connecticut. Where, that's Connecticut. That's yeah, just that outside of Mystic. Yeah. Just outside of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and I just remember thinking, um, too much butter. That's gross. I need to wash my hands. Wow. 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 Have you ever had one with but mayonnaise? Not, okay, in that's fairness, even, that's even grosser than mayonnaise. In in fairness, I'm not a big lobster fan. Okay. Right. Yeah. So maybe maybe should have just you know started there. Like okay. if you would have said like you know like. Uh, your wife's homemade raviolis or Jimmy's lasagna in town here in Dallas. I'd okay. be like, my wife's homemade raviolis. Okay. <laughs> Hands down. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was it. Even if the real answer yeah. is Jimmy's. I appreciate you, got, you uh, participating. Go <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, this was, uh, this was super interesting, and I like, uh, I like the format. Uh, when, when I was told confessional, I literally was like eight again, and I was like sitting inside a church thinking, oh, God, what do I have to say? Well, right, so I mean, the show, this was actually kind of fun. Yeah, the show's the real word, and obviously our inspiration both, you know, kind of consumed a lot of content in the 90s was yeah. the real world right. on right. Uh, MTV. Right. And they used to sit in those yep. rooms, remember? And, yeah, and they, they would, sort of yeah. confess they'd have those their confess, day. You know, or, yeah. I have a crush on this one or right. whatever the, the heck they were talking yes. about. Yeah. But, yeah, more more of that than than church yeah. for for this, but <laughs> but uh, we appreciate so, you going hey, deep and really yeah. really exploring some some questions that I don't think people have gotten answers uh, to from from you in the past. I appreciate I, and I appreciate the different kinds of questions, but I want to say before we're done, uh, I'm super proud of the two of you. There is I, my podcast today was on the power of video, 
and it was just Tristan and I just kind of, you know, hamming it up and talking about data and stats and all this stuff. And I, it really got me thinking of, there's just been a few people that really have gotten it right. And the two of you really got it. And, you know, I was on your YouTube channels, right? Your multiple channels looking around and I'm like, they have no idea how insanely great this is going to be in a decade. Cause it's good for you now, but in a decade, it's going to be bonkers. So I just want to congratulate the two of you for being who you are, doing what you're doing, taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedules to create all this content for others and, and also documenting your life and your legacy. So just, just, you know, Hey, Thanks. mad respect. Super I'll make sure, I'll make sure I let Katie know how, how proud, <laughs> how proud you are of her. That's <laughs> by the way, who is Katie? That's that is still like Nicole. Like I was so embarrassed the other day. Do we? I don't even know if we edited it out because I totally no, no. Oh, oh, Byron, Byron loved it. No, no, no. He, he did. Loved I didn't, I didn't it. tell you the story. So it was because you remembered his name. Well, I didn't tell you the story that he did it again recently. Oh, did right. he? Like no, a couple, it just happened. like a couple oh. of weeks ago. I didn't tell her yes, that because no. I, she had, you know, she had her fortieth come out. A little inside joke for people listening. Uh, we were at Mohegan Sun, I believe, for William Ravis event. Was right. that no, where it happened? No, no, we were. Or, we, it was, was it? our. It was our. It, I think it was our hundredth episode. And oh, we, we asked you to send and in. We, a, asked, uh, we were asking everyone just like send in videos. That's right. Of, yes. Of, like, that's what like, it was. What they liked that's about the show or what have yeah, you. you got and, it. And you, you were congratulating said, Byron and Katie on uh, this. This. Nicole's like Katie. Am Katie. I being replaced in one hundred and one? Yeah. And so that's where it's kind of started. Where uh, and listen for for everybody listening. Oh, Tom, you remember people's names better than anybody I've ever met in my life. So it's just unfortunate, Nicole, that you have to be the one. It's fine. I mean, you remember 170 coaches' names. You remember you have thousands of coaching clients. You remember everybody's names at a ridiculous level. It's just, you know, it's just this one. But you, he loves it. He loves it. He's he's popping popcorn and eating it right now. Oh, loving this is great. it. This yeah. is great. I'm dying. If you're only listening, I am like beat red right now. For This is like the best confessional. This, yeah. this should have been the opening of the show. Like Tom Ferry is a dumbass and he cannot. Oh, like, no, no. You're the Nicole. The, but you know, what's great. Like, like. I, I have facial recognition is probably my great, like, I'm like, I'll see somebody's face yes. and I'll be like, I know her. I know. I'm da, 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 da. Yeah, Here's the connection. This is yeah. where we met. Um, and then every now and then, and you're not the only one every now and then I label the wrong name and it just haunts me. Yeah. That's what keeps me up. There's your first question. There it That's is. That's what keeps me up at oh. night. Well, you're very good. And Tristan can attest cause he's on the road with you so often that yes, it, it's ridiculous how, how many names you do remember. All right. If you haven't, I'm sure maybe you have, but I don't know, according to Tom, he, he's still missing millions of agents connections. If you haven't connected with Tom, go follow him. Go, go to TomFerry.com. Just cruise around, find all the social platforms. You can't miss yeah. him. Dig into some of his content. If you're in the real estate space or mindset space for any reason, you know, or any relation rather at all, you're going to want to do it. Go over to TomFerry.com. TF, we love you, man. Thank we you. Appreciate, appreciate you doing this for us. And uh, this will this is going to make an impact on so many people. I think you shared a lot of valuable yeah. information. Look, Bill, Katie, I just want to say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. Okay, well, you guys, lots of love. Thanks so much. And everybody thanks, out there Tom. listening, wishing you a uh, safe, resilient, awesome 2021. Thank See you guys you. soon. Thank you.